to do something. And we can step back or we leave this service and we'll have to say only God could have done that. Wouldn't you like to see something like that tonight? Not as a show, not as a spectacle, but because there's people here tonight, that's what they need. You need God to do something for you that you tried to do for yourself. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. John chapter 5, verse number 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease that he had. Isn't that powerful right there? Made whole of whatsoever disease that he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity 30 and 8 years. And when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. Notice Jesus did not even address the speech that he made. He just said, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed and walked, and on the same day was the Sabbath. Notice with me in verse number 4. For an angel went down, at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. How many knows we've been in church services where we felt like the water was troubled? But how many knows that that was not an angel in our midst that was troubling the water? And whatsoever, whosoever then first, how many of you ever seen somebody get down the aisle and the first one to the altar and the power of God just light upon them and meet their need. Anybody ever seen that? Anybody ever seen at the very end of the altar service that somebody finally breaks through? It didn't matter if you were the first in or the last in. God moved for you if you got to where he was. Amen. It said, whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, was in, uh, stepped into the pool, was made whole of whatsoever disease that he had. This pool is called Bethesda. But tonight, the experience that this man had and the people that were waiting around this pool, we've got something better tonight to look forward to. I want to preach to us tonight better than Bethesda. Better than Bethesda. Would you please help me pray in this house tonight? Lord, I thank you for this opportunity. Lord, I thank you for this responsibility to preach this message Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that when the call is given, Lord, when the cry is made, when we feel the nudge of the Spirit of God, that we would not hesitate in our pew where we are, 
but that we would move toward the front, move toward this altar, move toward the water where you are. Lord Jesus, I thank you for what we've already felt in this house. We felt the reassurance, Lord, that you can do anything, that you can do the impossible. And to us, Lord, there are some things in our lives that seem impossible, but you told us with God nothing shall be impossible. I thank you for what you're going to do in this altar service tonight. We give you the praise in advance in Jesus' name. Everybody that loves the Lord said amen. 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 You can be seated tonight. Verse number one tells us that Jesus goes up to Jerusalem at the time of the feast of the Jews. We know there are many feasts that are mentioned in Scripture. The Feast of Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of Trumpets. And Jesus as a Jew, just because He was the Messiah, just because He was the Son of God, did not change His nationality. It was many times you find in Scripture He goes to the synagogue as is His custom. It's his custom as a Jew to go into the synagogue. And so we find him at the city of Jerusalem during the time of the feast of the Jews. And at Jerusalem, there's a pool next to the sheep market. And there are people that are laying around this pool. There's five porches. There's, uh, there's people that are laying on these porches. No doubt there are some that are on the fringes. Some that maybe have lost all hope of ever receiving their healing. I don't know how many times a year that this angel came. The Bible says at a certain season that angel would come and trouble the water. And the first person in would receive their healing. It didn't matter if they were lame. It didn't matter if they were blind. It didn't matter if they had a withered limb. Whatever their disease was, they were made whole as soon as they got in the water. And how many knows tonight that we have that same promise that whatsoever disease, whatsoever need that we have, the Bible says they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That word recover means to make like new. Jesus healed a man with a withered hand. That word withered means it was shrunken so as by fire. It's possible that man had been in some kind of a work-related accident or maybe as a child he fell into a bed of hot coals and it burnt the sinew and the strength of that hand was no longer available to that man. So it didn't matter what kind of illness we can see there's people who are impotent. It simply means they have no power in their limbs. There were people that were blind. People that were halt. They were missing a leg. Or they were withered. Somehow those muscles and those sinews, that flesh, had been gnarled up and drawn up. But they were all waiting for the same thing. I said they were all waiting for the same event 
They were all anticipating the time. I don't know if the angel would come out of the sky. I don't know if the angel would come and walk through the fence and open the fence to that pool and step up on the porch and go down and make some big grand introduction of himself. I don't know if they just saw somebody coming in common clothing as an angel that no one else would see. I don't know if they saw a miraculous appearance of some angel robed in white that was shining and glowing. I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us any of this. All it says is that that angel would go to the pool. He would get in the water and trouble the water. And everybody was waiting for the same thing. And I believe tonight in the anticipation of what God could do in this revival service, there's a number of people that walked in the door tonight and you're all expecting the same thing. You're all waiting for the same thing. But I've got to help you to see the fact tonight that it's not an angel that's in our midst. It's not an evangelist that's going to trouble the water. It's not the pastor that's going to stir you up. We've got something better than Bethesda tonight. We've got a master that's walked up in this house and he's got a question for you. Would you like for me to make you whole? Would you allow me to fix that thing in your life? Oh, hallelujah. Come on, lift your hand. I feel the presence of the Lord in this room right now. Help me, Holy Ghost, to preach this. I believe tonight, oh hallelujah, I believe in this service tonight, we can see a miracle. You got faith tonight, Pastor? I believe you do. I believe you've seen miracles. I've seen miracles. I've seen blinded eyes open. I've prayed for a bunch of us preachers got around prayed for a man that was deaf. Immediately his ears opened. We prayed for a man had psoriasis all over his skin. He rolled up his sleeves and showed us what his skin looked like. Sores. Weeping sores on his arms. He wore gloves. Turned up his shirt collar. He was very uh, very embarrassed about his appearance. But he came to church anyway. We laid hands on that man and we started praying. Immediately he said the burning is gone. The itching sensation is gone. We got over to the fellowship hall. He peeled those gloves off, rolled up his sleeves, and showed us skin just as clear as yours and mine. I've seen miracles, friend, and I believe that the troubling of this atmosphere, like we felt in this very service tonight, we can see a miracle in this house. Not to build up a preacher, not to build up a, a church or a name, but to glorify the Son of God. How many of you tonight would lift your hand and say, I believe we can see a miracle. I need a miracle. I need a healing. I need a touch from God in this service. Lift up your hand right now and give Him praise. Give Him praise in this house. Give Him praise in this house. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. I felt something walk up in here just now. Bethesda means house of mercy or house of flowing water. 
How many knows we've got both right here tonight? <laughs> oh, yes. How many of you have experienced the mercy of the Lord today? I know I have. <laughs> I said, I know I have. His compassions, they fail not. Great is thy faithfulness. His mercies are new every morning. The mercy that was at this house called Bethesda, this place with five porches, it was a merciful thing that God would allow an angel, not Christ, not a prophet, not a man, but he would send an angel. I don't feel like the angel did it of his own accord or of his own will. It said a certain season the angel would come. I believe there was mercy that was showed to those people. It might have been one person at a time, but whoever it was that got in the water first, they experienced mercy in the house of mercy. And I believe in this house tonight, God looks down upon somebody sitting on these pews and says, I'm ready to show mercy to whom I will show mercy. It was a house of mercy. It was a house of flowing water. Notice with me tonight, this man's disease. The Bible says that he had an infirmity for 38 years. He, we know that he was lame because Jesus told him to rise and to take up his bed and walk. The only reason Jesus needed to tell him to walk is because it's most likely possible that he could not walk of his own accord. And so we see the disease. This man is lame. We see his disposition. He was waiting on someone to help him to get in the water. And I don't know about you, but I've been at the place where I was leaning on a man, waiting on a preacher, waiting on somebody that I had faith and confidence in to help me, to get me where I needed to be. But in this case, he didn't need a man to get him to his miracle because mercy at Bethesda was there and the master was there and the miracle was waiting on him when he made contact with the Savior. Notice his disease. Notice his disposition. He said, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. Now, on the other side of the coin, how many times have we looked at someone's situation and if we could have healed them, we would have done it ourselves. At six years old, my Sunday school teacher, her name was Amy. She was 14. She was legally blind for nine months. Excruciating pain shooting behind her eyes. Her eyes would twitch very quickly back and forth. And I can tell you there were people that laid hands on her. We prayed for her every single service, every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night. Pray for Amy. She needs to be healed. Pray for Sister Amy. We want to see a miracle. And I remember as a six-year-old boy, service after service, she would come walking to the front. Many times she would walk by the ends of the pews because she could not see. Other times she was almost too weak to stand on her own two feet because she had been fasting and praying and was physically weak and had to be helped by the hand by her mother to walk down that aisle. But I tell you something that happened at the 
end of that trial, at the end of that nine months, we prayed every service. We believed God every service. But as much as Pastor wanted to heal that girl, he couldn't do it. As much as Daddy wanted to heal that girl, as much as the deacons would gather around and try to pray for her and try to see a miracle in her life, they could not do it. And this man did not have anyone who could get him into the pool who could get him to the miracle and I come to say it here tonight I can't take a heart that's broken and make it over again I can't calm your troubled water I can't walk your troubled sea but I know a man who can I can get you to him I said I can get you to him I can't give you your miracle but I know who can and he's in this house tonight Hallelujah. His disease. He was lame. His disposition. He was waiting on a man. And we see the desperation in his life, no doubt, after 38 years of living with the same disease and the same infirmity. There was a woman that came to church Bible used the same word, infirmity. 18 years, she was bowed over and in no wise could lift herself up. Notice, this man was in the same position. Could not lift himself up and get himself to the pool. Oh, hallelujah. And no doubt the desperation that begins to mount in his life. No doubt people hollering. I talked to James about this on Sunday. He said he preached on this one time. He said, I told my church, there's probably folks hollering from porch to porch. Ha! How bad is your life? I bet it's not as bad as mine. You've just got a withered arm. Look here, I don't have any legs. And day after day, the negativity that wore down on this man and seeing all of those problems and all of those issues. No doubt, when the angel came, there was a rush for the pool. I said there was a rush for the moving of the water. And I believe in this house tonight, we don't have to just leave it to the first one. Because I told you, we've got something better tonight than Bethesda. We're not limited to staying on the porch. We're not limited to a preacher. We're not limited to an angel troubling the water. When he, who is the resurrection and the life, can walk on the scene and he can clear the porch tonight, friend, and heal every one of our diseases. It is obvious that Jesus came for this man. It's obvious. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been in that case for a long time, there was a visitation on this man's situation. There was times that Jesus would deal with people one at a time. I don't know how many people were in the crowd that day that had needs, but Jairus got his attention. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. I don't know how many people were sick that same day, but there was a woman who said within herself, if I can touch the hem of his garment. I don't know, there could have been other people in that crowd. 
I feel like if they would have seen what that woman did and touched the hem of his garment very seriously, they could have been healed that same day. I don't know. I can't explain why there's times when we pray for some folks and they're healed immediately. And sometimes we pray moment by moment and day after day. And it seems month after month we give in the same prayer request. We pray for the same. I don't have all the answers tonight, my friend. All I know to do is to ask one more time and to call yourself. Let yourself throw yourself on the mercy of God. I said throw yourself on the mercy of God. He went and he ministered to a woman at the well. He went all the way across through the storm to the shores of Gadara just to touch one man named Legion. Got in the boat and went back to the other side. He traveled all the way from where he was for two whole days just to get to Mary and Martha and Lazarus just to raise Lazarus from the dead. But how many knows tonight he is no longer limited to one location. He's no longer bound to one house. Oh yes, they noised abroad that Jesus was in the house. And that's what I'd like to do in this service tonight. But he's not limited to one place. He's not bound to one house. He's not bound to one pool. He's not limited to one miracle. The same mercy and the same master and the same miracle working power is in this room tonight. But it's so much better than Bethesda because every one of us can be made whole. Lift up your hands and worship Him. Worship Him. Magnify Him. Hallelujah. And He's here to ask you that same question. Wilt thou be made whole? Have you ever heard the Lord ask that question? Have you ever been in a service... And the Spirit of God was moving in such a way you knew something was about to take place. And the pastor said, if you need prayer, I'd move right now. Why was it? Because the water that was flowing in the house of mercy was troubled. But not by an evangelist, not by a pastor, but by the master tonight. He's here in the house. How many believes this is a house of mercy? How many of you have experienced mercy right down here at these altars? At the altars at your church? How many knows he's not limited to Fretwell? He's not limited. Full power. How could I miss that? Lord have mercy. How could he be limited when, when he rose from the dead and he sent back the comforter his representative, his spirit to represent him and now he's multiplied in every location where there's believers that are baptized in the Holy Ghost. Jesus said I felt virtue go out of my body when that woman touched me. That word virtue in the Greek is the word dunamis. Jesus said in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. That word power is the same Greek word. It's dunamis. And so by very virtue of the fact that we've got folks in this house that are baptized
uh, ought to be virtue uh, flowing out uh, of the body of Christ. Uh, and when the water's troubled, uh, when the virtue's flowing, uh, my friend, that's the time uh, to get into the water, uh, get into the river, uh, get into the presence of God uh, and hear his words. Uh, Will thou be made whole? Uh, would you like for me to heal you? Uh, would you like uh, for me to touch your body? Uh, would you like uh, for me to mend your broken heart? Uh, would you like uh, for me to heal uh, that wounded spirit? Uh, well, preacher, uh, I, know, I don't know another way. Uh, I have nobody to help me. Uh, I have no other answer. Uh, I have no other recourse. Uh, I don't know how God is going to do it in my life. He'll make a way. I know my God can do it. If Brother Meeks was here tonight, he'd tell you, me and James wore that song smooth out as kids standing on that platform at Catusa City. That was one of the first songs we sang together. But how many knows it's still true tonight? Can anybody say that? I know. My God. Somebody that needs a miracle, somebody that needs healing, you need to say that. I know. My God. Can do it. To Him. It's as simple as Him walking up to that man and asking Him a question. Wilt thou be made whole? And tonight, He's here to ask you that question. And you say, preacher, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't see another way out. I don't know how God's going to fix it. I don't know how God's going to make a way. I've come to report to you tonight. There's a way. His name is Jesus. Well, it's real simple. I know it is. There's a preacher, young preacher, traveling cross country with his family. I'll tell this and I'll be done. And he's coming down this road that he's very unfamiliar with. On his way to his next meeting, barely going to make it in time. Story goes that he gets to the top of that hill at a high rate of speed. No signs, no warnings. At the bottom of that hill, there's a railroad track going across that road with a coal train moving slowly down that track. And he do, he did what every good Pentecostal preacher would do. He called on the name of the Lord. Anybody ever had to do that? Anybody ever been in crazy traffic and had to call on the name of the Lord? <laughs> and he didn't see a way out. Didn't know how. He was going to get that vehicle stopped. But he hit the brakes and he cut the wheel and he called on the name of the Lord. What would you do if that was your situation? How many of you have ever been where you've got to make a split-second decision and you don't know which way to go and you call on the name of the Lord and God shows you the answer just in the nick of time, just at the right moment, and He gives you the... That's what happened to this preacher. He cut the wheel, hit his brakes. When he got down close to those tracks, he's dragging those tires behind him and he looks down next to that railroad track and there's a little lane and he's able at the last moment to whip that car down the side of that lane and God spared that man's family and spared his ministry but after the train rolled by they got back on the road and they got to the filling station on the other side of the tracks and he pulls up in and the attendant looks at him he says man you look like 
you've seen a ghost. You look like you're shook. What in the world? He said, I tell you what. I wish that somebody would put a sign at the top of that hill that there's a railroad track at the bottom of the hill. How many knows tonight God don't always give us a sign when we're about to go through a fiery trial. When we're about to go through something we feel like is going to take our life. But he said, as soon as I called on the name of the Lord, telling this attendant, he said, I looked at the last moment and there was a little lane right next to the railroad track and I pulled my car and gravel was going everywhere. But God spared my family. That attendant looked at him. He said, sir, I have lived here all my life. There is no road on the other side of that track. That preacher jumped out of his car, went to talking in tongues, put his finger in the face of that attendant. He said there was today. Hallelujah. I thought there was no way out, but there was today. And I come to let somebody know right here at Bible Way Assembly, you've looked at the problem. You've looked at the sickness. And you've said, I don't see a way out. I don't know how we're going to pay the bill. I don't know how we're going to make the kids work in school. I don't know how it's all going to play out. I don't have a way, God says. I'll make a way where there seems to be no way. We've got something tonight that's better than Bethesda. And his name is Jesus. And he's here in this house tonight. He's the master of mercy. And he's not limited to one porch. He's not limited to one miracle in this house. Hallelujah. Stand with me all over the building. Lift your hands. Let's give him praise. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, let's worship him. <laughs> hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. Let's put our mind on him tonight. Come on, let's magnify the master. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's just take a few minutes. Let's just take a few minutes and magnify him. Can we do that tonight? Jesus, we love you. Come on, get your focus on him tonight. Get your focus on the master. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. If the Lord's healed you, if he's healed you in the past, why don't you thank him tonight? If he's healed you in the past, why don't you thank him? If he's mended your broken heart in the past, why don't you thank him here tonight? Oh, I thank you, Lord. <laughs> oh, I thank you for healing, Jesus. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I thank you, Lord, for drying up that infection in this preacher's foot. I thank you, Lord, for healing. I thank you, Lord that I went to the ER and not the morgue. I thank you for your mercy, Lord. <laughs> Come on, has the Lord shown anybody mercy here tonight? Come on, let's just take another minute and worship Him. I just want to make sure we've got our minds in the right place tonight. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. Pastor, come take this oil. Ministers in the house, would you come? 
We're not going to do anything out of order here tonight. <laughs> Come on, let's just keep worshiping him. I feel him in this room. I feel him in this house tonight. Come on, sister. Come on, sister. Come on. Brother Pastor Joe. Pastor Joe, come. We'd like for you to help us pray. If you tonight need a miracle, if you need a miracle in your body, if you've got a wounded spirit, if you need to be born again, the greatest miracle we could see tonight, more than somebody's eyes being open, more than somebody having a brand new limb grow back on the end of their knee, if you need to be saved tonight, we can see a miracle in this room right now. Come on, just lift up your hands. Let's just take a few minutes right here. I don't want to get in a hurry. His presence is here. He's moving on some folks in this room right now. The gentle Holy Ghost is here tonight. I said the gentle Holy Ghost is here tonight. If you need a miracle, you need a touch in your body, you got a financial need. you got a problem in your marriage. I want you to come. Come on. Come on. I want you to come. You ain't got to tell nobody what it is. All you're saying is, I'm, I'm done. I can't do it anymore. I can't handle it anymore. I need God to touch me. I need God to help me. Come on. I know there's more here tonight. I know there's more. Sister Amy, I want you to come as well. We're going to anoint you and pray for Mama. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on, just keep your hands lifted. The Spirit of God is here. Just stay in this mode of worship right here. The 